On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, we are joined on the line by the Fianna Fáil TD for Cardiff Kilkenny and the chairperson of the Oireachtas Finance Committee, John McGuinness. John, thanks for joining us this lunchtime. Um, I might just start, by the way, by offering my condolences to you on the death of Bobby Elward. I know he was a former uh, constituency colleague and a very close uh, colleague, your, in, in, colleague of yours uh, in Fianna Fáil. So um, my commiserations on that. Uh, we will talk a bit more about the um, the internal uh, situation within Fianna Fáil uh, in just a couple of minutes. But I wanted to start by asking you about some changes that were made this week that is going to allow your committee, the Oireachtas Finance Committee, to compel witnesses to appear whether they like it or not now I, I presume all of this has been done with a view to securing the appearance of, of Robert Watt before your committee uh, why is it that your committee is still looking to hear from him uh, well let me first um, acknowledge your condolences and say that he's a Bobby Edward is a, a huge loss uh, not only to his own family but the local community and indeed to politics generally and he was widely respected worked very well and conducted his business in a very uh, efficient uh, way on behalf of those that he represented. Uh, In relation to the compelability issue, uh, we have had to seek uh, permission uh, to compel uh, Robert Watt to attend uh, because to date we have not got agreement from him uh, to do so. So you go through a particular process uh, within the Oireachtas to request compelability. Uh, The motion appeared before the law last week without debate. It was accepted. Uh, Now it will move to the next phase where we will uh, put in the full arguments to get the compatibility that we require and then that should be forthcoming uh, in September when the uh, Eroptus Committee meets again. Mm. Uh, It's necessary to do it because we need to get the the papers, the information uh, relative to the old saga of uh, Tony Houlihan uh, to understand what happened and to do the work of a committee, which is to uh, investigate the expenditure and the general government governance of uh, government departments. Okay, uh, and obviously it, it is about that whole that, that uh, abandoned uh, proposed comment to, to Trinity College, where he was going to be taking up a, a professorship in, in public health. Um, the, I suppose the reason why why it comes up as to, to whether there is still a value in bringing Robert Watt in is because he did appear before the Oireachtas Committee on Health uh, less than a month ago and did deal with uh, an awful lot of those questions. And I suppose there might be a question as to why he now needs to appear before a second committee when, when one presumes that most of the germane issues were dealt with at the health committee already. Yeah, well, there's more detailed um, uh, issues that alongside what was dealt with at the health committee, um, such as the general governance, the circulars that were issued, the commitment in relation to uh, finance and the finances of the particular uh, position uh, and how he uh, and how the secretary general went uh, about that so we will get into more detail on the financial aspects of it we won't be touching policy or health matters but we will be dealing with the principle of uh, arranging for someone to take up a position uh, outside of, uh, in this case, the the department, because we have since found out that there were others uh, who were assigned to positions. So we need to establish the principle. Also, beside, uh, alongside that uh, investigation, if you like, that has to take place, uh, there is the whole principle of when a secretary general uh, is requested to appear before an Oireachtas committee mm. uh, for sound, on sound grounds. 
uh, then and within the remit of the committee, then that that principle has to be re-established in this case. Uh, and even though we would seek have sought compatibility, and it is going uh, through that process, and we will, I believe, be given full compatibility. There is the opportunity uh, for the secretary general to appear uh, in a voluntary way before mm. the committee and to deal with the que- outstanding questions. And, and I presume that you would obviously hope that you wouldn't have to complete that full gamut of seeking the full legal powers that he would just maybe see the writing on the wall and decide to come before you anyway. Yeah, well, nobody wants to go down that route. But this this principle uh, is there within the workings of the Oireachtas where secretaries general are held to account uh, by many committees. And then sometimes, yes, they can appear on the same issue before different sets of committees. Uh, in this case, uh, I think it's hugely important that that, would be made, that position would be maintained and that uh, Robert Watt will come in a voluntary way before mm. the committee. And we've issued uh, another uh, invitation to him to attend. Um, there is maybe a broader question as to whether it is a comfortable area for committees to be straying into uh, seeking the powers where they can legally compel people to appear whether they like it or not or even in, in cases like Robert Watt where he has already appeared before another committee and therefore would argue that it would be just be duplication to, to go before your own uh, and there will be people who wonder that we're getting into the territory now where you'll just have star chamber stuff where you'll have people compelled to appear whether there's any justification for it whether there's any rationale and that they'll be brought in for public floggings without necessarily getting the sort of accountability that you guys are there in principle to achieve? Uh, No, first of all, it's about accountability. Uh, I wouldn't describe it as public floggings, but the the granting of uh, compatibility to any committee is not taken lightly. Uh, You have to put forward a legal argument um, for the alongside a request for compatibility. Uh, And that legal argument will you know, has to stand up to scrutiny when it comes before the uh, Committee of, of Procedures and so on. So all of that has been undertaken. We would not do this lightly. Uh, it's not something that we wanted to do. And we have exhausted every avenue in relation to normal invitations to him to attend. And as I've said, the, the, we've set out the case, not just for on the basis of compatibility, we've set it out the reasons why we believe he should attend uh, based on the questions that were not answered, that, that remain unanswered, are the documents that haven't been uh, provided. So mm. I think it's in everyone's interest and in the interest of democracy that Secretaries General should should really agree uh, to attend. Be It's not just uh, um, volunteering, it's actually part of their job. Mm. It's part of the whole issue of transparency and democracy. Yeah, but but he, he or other Secretary General would also argue that the, their job is to appear before the line committee that marks their minister and their department and that you can't get into a situation where people are accountable to every single one of the Oireachtas committees and I wonder whether has any thought been given to maybe just having joint sittings of committees that instead of having the occasional turf wars that pop up and you'd be familiar with these from your time previously chairing the PAC where, where you'd be investigating something and a line committee would also say well we want to investigate that as well could you not just sit as a joint committee have a joint hearing oh, yeah. of the committees well, we of, of health and finance and it would get through everything in one go yeah, well, we did this before in relation to the Public Accounts Committee and the Finance Committee, where we came together uh, in relation to the increase in salary for one Secretary General of €86,000 on top of his uh, his um, current uh, salary. So that, that has happened, and that's the constructive way to deal with it, and you're perfectly right. On this particular issue, there is the, the policy within the Department of Health on one side, which is dealt with by the committee in hand, and then there is the funding mechanism and how it was being funded and the papers behind the decision uh, to read, uh, behind the decision that was reached to 
to uh, facilitate um, uh, in this case. So there was two separate issues. And one set of um, issues came under the remit of the Department of Health and the others came under the remit of the Finance Committee So there and the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, which we shadow as well. So it's important that both sides of the, um, the set of questions, if you like, were answered. So he did all of that in relation to health, but there's outstanding questions in relation to the processes and procedures that led to this, the governance within the department, the circulars that had been issued previously and seemed, seemed to have been ignored, and then the funding issue. All of that comes okay. under finance, public expenditure and reform. Okay. And as soon as we get the, the go-ahead to deal with this, it will be done with done in, in an efficient way without it being made personal. Okay. Uh, well, we'll see what becomes of that then when the, the process continues then after the summer recess. Um, on a separate note, um, you have been uh, known and, and you've made no secret of, of your, your views and your criticisms about some of Fianna Fáil's performance in, in government and your reservations about the way in which the party is going about its affairs as a party in government. Um, what do you make at, at the present time of Micheál Martin's performance as party leader and do you agree with these calls that he should stand down as party leader when he's standing down as Taoiseach in December? Uh, I do, because we're looking to the future here in terms of the leadership of the party, the next uh, general election and so on. And there is always a time, midterm, to look at these issues and to constructively bring about the change that's necessary, both in policy and direction, uh, as, as you plan for the election. So it's, it's, it's a natural, I think, timing that you would look at these things, just as much as you should look at the programme for government, which was, you know, uh, brought about in 2020 under completely different circumstances uh, and we're now in a different world economic uh, situation and a, and a different national economic mm. situation so we have to reflect that but just, just but to be I totally clear though it, when you say that that it is right to look at those things you do actually believe that Micheál Martin should stand down in December Oh, I do, yeah. I think that that's a natural end of a, a, a period as, as Taoiseach. Uh, and, but I think it should be done in, in a constructive way, in cooperation with him and with the party, to give it plenty of time to have town hall meetings, to engage with whoever might put their names forward to be the next leader of the party. Uh, and I think it should also... Uh, be part of the review of the programme for government. Okay. That is essential politics, in my opinion. What, what has he done wrong or what have been his shortcomings then as leader, in your view? No, I would say that he was a leader for the time. Um, he's been Taoiseach and he's done very well against all of the uh, issues that have been thrown uh, at the country in terms of COVID and the war in Ukraine and all of that. Uh, but as I said, no one stays in position uh, forever. And in Fianna Fáil, we've always had, you know, in, in cases, a very difficult transition from one leader to the other. Uh, and I think the members of the organisation and the members of the parliamentary party are now looking at the, the next phase, which includes a general election. And for that, we need to be prepared. And I think it will be um, a, a wonderful um, act of transfer of leadership if it was to be done uh, in a way that was constructive and non-argumentative non, um, in terms of, of the position itself. But, but why would he need to stand down if you can't point to any shortcomings in his performance so far? Like, why is there the presumption that he needs to give over to new blood if he's doing a good job as it is? Well, a lot of the parliamentary party are now becoming anxious about how close we have become to Fine Gael. 
uh, and how close our policies are with Fine Gael. And there's no distinction between both parties. So the time has come to create that distinction uh, and to follow the policies that we once had. Uh, the confidence and supply uh, arrangement, I think, was very damaging for the party. Uh, it was facilitated by the organisation, by the membership of the parliamentary party and driven um, by the leader, Michal, but that has to change. Uh, and I think that in order to give it uh, the clear message of change, that we need to change the uh, headquarters in, in terms of how they manage things, in terms of the leadership and how he manages things. And the time has come for that. Uh, and I believe in a constructive way we can uh, deal with it through the summer months perhaps and by way of uh, meetings and so on to give those that want to give a fresh image to the party, a new direction, give them the opportunity to do so through town hall meetings. And I, again, I say at the same time to discuss the shortcomings in the programme mm. for government and how it's performing. Um there will be some people listening to this now already actually I can see that some of the tweets and texts are coming in from people that are saying that if you are this critical about the direction of the party about its failure to distinguish itself with Fine Gael and with some of the, the direction that it's taken under Micheál Martin uh, A. why you remain in the parliamentary party or B. why you continue to follow the government whip and vote through everything that's put in front of you irrespective of, of whether you like it or not uh, yeah, well, that's what you that's what you do when you accept uh, the whip of uh, a political party. It's the same for Fine Gael members, same for Labour, same for Sinn Féin. Uh, and you argue your case within the parliamentary party, which I've done uh, all down through the years. And uh, I accept then the general consensus that comes out of that. And the general consensus currently in the parliamentary party is building towards the need for change. Uh, so there's nothing unusual about that. Uh, it's a difficult um, position to explain to the general public, but those that are that know politics and those that are uh, observing it as, as we go along uh, will see clearly that the parliamentary party is where you share your differences, but it's also a place where you share the consensus that's arrived at. Uh, and that brings you to the point of voting on legislation in the Doyle and so on. You could become an independent and be outside of that process, but that doesn't leave you with much of an input to anything. So your argument is that you have more influence in the process and even if the, the general consensus of the room doesn't go your way, that it's better to still be inside the room to make the case than to be outside well, it's, it. It's not just better. That's the obligation you've taken on when you decide to run under a political uh, banner. As I said, it's the same in every single political party. There's no one... Uh, that will differ in that in, in, in the analysis of that. But it's always very important that you would put your views before the parliamentary party, be it about the leadership or indeed policy or the direction that you're taking in government. And that's what I do. And that's what a lot of others within the parliamentary party uh, do. But, but you and believe there's now, there's now a critical mass that's moving towards the idea that in December the Taoiseach needs to stand down? Yes, and it's not just about that. It's about refreshing the uh, our performance in uh, within government. It's about accepting that there's that people are suffering throughout the country because of what's happening and we need to do more for them. We need a change of policy in a lot of areas. Uh, issues that were not there in 2020 are there now in their abundance and we need to discuss them and we need to change uh, tack on them and we should not be afraid to do so. That's what democracy is about. That's what political parties are about. And to shy away from that is to shy away uh, from creating a better future for all of us that are affected by the decisions that are made by government. 
Um, are you one of the TDs and well I'm not saying are you one of the TDs who spoke to the article but would you support the position that's laid out by some of your Fianna Fáil colleagues in today's Mail on Sunday saying that uh, if Micheál Martin intends to stay on as party leader beyond December that you wouldn't facilitate the rotation of Taoiseach and to vote for Leo Varadkar Yes I would subscribe to that but I would hope that it would not come to that uh, I think that all of us have to be sensible here and understand exactly what's happening there's a crowded space uh, in the centre of Irish politics, and everyone occupies that space. And there is a demand now for more radical reform than ever before. We haven't seen that type of reform to give greater efficiency to the public service, to delivery of houses, to the issues around health and education and so on. Uh, and there's massive amounts of money uh, being allocated to all of these departments that needs to be accounted for. In order to do that, you have to change the old ways. So in, in, in my view there is now a need for a broader debate around this uh, around all of these issues and around the structures and around the makeup of government okay. and it's during the summer months leading into a budget in September that we should iron out these issues uh, and let's see where it's taking us now it, it the same the same discussion is going on in Fine Gael. Uh, make, make no mm. uh, have no doubt about that but, but just to be uh, clear though because uh, that you're saying that you, you agree with the idea that the party or that you certainly should not vote for Leo Varadkar to become Taoiseach unless it's part of an arrangement by which Michal Martin stands down as party leader as well. Yeah, and that's something that I will um, promote promote with colleagues at, at a parliamentary party meeting and accept then the, the consensus from that meeting in terms of the direction that we will eventually so take. So you'll accept the consensus, so you, you would prefer if Michal Martin were to go, but if the consensus is that he should stay, then you'll vote for Leo Varadkar to, to become the, the Taoiseach and yeah, the job goes on. That's democracy. Uh, within within government, within political parties, uh, and in the debate around this, uh, it won't be lopsided. There will be others that will have a different point of view that will put those views forward, and then we will decide after that what's the best course of action. There will be a difference in terms of uh, what that action might be, but you'll have to accept the majority, uh, and that is the way politics works. Okay, uh, I'm sure you have a certain hurling match to get to this afternoon, so we will leave it there. Thanks very much for your time this lunchtime. Fianna Fáil TD for Carlo Kilkenny, John McGuinness, who's also the chairperson of the Oireachtas Finance Committee, speaking to us on the record this lunchtime. On the record with Gavin Riley, brought to you by PwC. Sunday morning at eleven on News Talk.